Will. Hello, White Sox fans. Good evening to you. Hope you're having a nice uh, WBC championship game night, although the USA is losing 3-1 to one currently. And uh, Shohei Otani is up right now against Will Bednar. And uh, full count, we'll see what happens here. Um, been a slow night for the U.S. offense. Just a Trey Turner home run, and that's about it. My name is Ian Eskridge. I am here with my co-host, the Danny Miller. How you doing, Danny? I'm um, not doing too bad. I've uh, been sitting here. I didn't get home until uh, a little bit later than I would like to for work tonight, but I've been sitting here watching, uh, oh, probably since about the fourth inning or so, the uh, WBC finale game here. And uh, I was kind of hoping for more, man. Yeah. You know, uh, but. I just saw a tweet come across saying that uh, Mike Trout's next at bat may come up against Shohei Otani in the ninth inning. So, I mean, you couldn't have scripted this stuff better if that does, you know, come to fruition. The uh, both former MVPs, both teammates in the MLB facing off in the ninth inning for the uh, the title. That's uh I mean, you couldn't you couldn't write a script better than that, man. Yeah, pretty so, good. Anyway, yeah. How you doing, man? How's things? Oh, not too bad. You know, uh, just, uh, I've been getting wrapped up in the uh, World Baseball Classic. To be honest, it's been it's been fun. Um, that game last night between Japan and Mexico, oof, that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, yeah, it sure was. Um. You know, late inning heroics are always uh, always make for good excitement. You know, yeah, that was that that game was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I've been uh, watching along with the uh, one hundred eight guys and uh, Josh and Jim from Sox Machine over on their uh, I forget what that that site's called Recast or something something like that. I don't I don't know, but um, that's been that's been uh, you know fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just been uh, it's been a fun tournament to uh, to watch. You know, like I, I didn't. I, I'll be honest. Like I didn't like pay too much attention to it uh, last time it happened. Um, just busy and whatnot. And uh, this time, I guess I'm not busy. So I've been watching it. And it's been fun. Um, it has. And uh, I'm happy that I watched it. Yeah, um, me too. I think this might be. I mean. You know, I always pay attention to the WBC, but this might be the, the first time that I'm into it as much as I am uh, this year. The, the matchups just seem to uh, kind of work out uh, probably better than I'd ever remember, uh, you know. And it, the fact that there's, you know, a handful of uh, White Sox, or, you know, what we would call White Sox stars. Yep. Uh playing for a few different teams out there that was uh very interesting to watch as well. So yeah, I mean I, I mean I just found myself more into it this year than any other previous year. So that was cool. Yeah. I, I you know, I paid attention to it before. I just never really uh I never really like went out of my way to watch it. And this year uh I decided to go out of my way to watch it. And it's been it's been a good time. And yeah, of course there's, you know, extra added drama because of the uh the White Sox affiliations, you know, that are going on um, between uh, Cuba and 
Um, I mean, Jose Ruiz, I think he had like 4.2 shutout innings or something like that in the WBC. And um, I wasn't expecting that. Um, no. Yeah, and then uh, obviously Cuba and the U.S. And, uh, yeah, it's just been fun. Uh, T.A. hitting really well for the most part. Um, and uh, Yoan Moncada hitting for like, I don't know, got on base like 11 straight uh, plate appearances or something like that. And, uh, yeah. you know, Luis Robert didn't have, you know, quite the numbers, of course, that we would we would like to see. Um, but to he me, wasn't awesome, but he wasn't terrible. You know? Not terrible, but you know, like I just I I watch him, I watch his at bats, and I'm like, he's trying to hit a home run every single on every single pitch, and you know, it's like you can't hit a five run home run when there's nobody on base, or you know, it's just I those those his at bats were often frustrating. Um, yeah, one of the biggest things for me was he still can't seem to lay off the uh, slider down and away. It's just, it's his Achilles heel. Everybody, I was going to say everybody in the MLB knows it, but apparently, you know, after watching this, uh, this uh, classic series, you know, uh, I'm going to say everybody in the world seems to know it. <laughs> they threw him a lot of that. Literally pitch. everybody in the world <laughs> knows to throw him an outside slider and you'll watch him chase. You know, if you throw him three straight ones that start off on the very outside edge of the plate, he will swing as hard as he can and try and pull it into the left field seats, even though it's on the outside part of the plate and it's oh, going five, away from six him, inches you know? off. He's, you know, if you, brutal man. By the time that thing finished breaking, it can be six inches off the plate and he's still hacking away. Yep. Hey, so you, you kind of hope, Hey, look at that. Yeah, that's a double huh? play action. Oh, that's yeah. That's good stuff. Uh, American flag spandex suit and a black cowboy hat. Yeah. Uh, U.S. just got a double play. And, I mean, I uh, thought my outfit was loud, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's something, man. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't you have can't even see the the giant eagle. Is <laughs> part of that jersey as well, but Jeez. yeah, this is well, you know, I'm a patriot. What can I say? <laughs> uh, this is my uh, ridiculously loud. Uh, jersey that I wear for the Fourth of July because you know I like to blow things up. So yeah, fair enough. That's you know it's a, that's <laughs> if there's a time to to do that kind of thing, that is it. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I've I've really enjoyed the World Baseball Classic. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, you know between um, the pitching and the hitting, uh, it looks like those guys are all like at least semi locked in and. You know, Aloy's back now, uh, and he's sitting on the bench and getting calf cramps. And uh, Yohan Moncada's, you know, got bruised ribs or whatever. And, uh, of course, yeah, uh, I did hear that uh, Aloy is probably going to be back in the lineup Yeah, he's tomorrow. fine. Yeah. So he'll, he'll be yeah. fine. I think Yohan, same thing. He's just, you know, a little banged up. Although, did I hear something about him being concussed as well as having the bruised ribs yes uh an unofficial diagnosis from uh bob nightingale uh said ah. that he, said that he had a concussion and uh he does not so Roger. yeah um i'm not entirely sure <laughs> like in, unless you hear a Ooh, doctor's diagnosis on that kind of thing <laughs> you know you probably wouldn't want to 
tweet that kind of thing. I, I don't know. I mean, but uh, yeah, that was the the thing that got out there is that uh, he's concussed and uh, oh, hydrate, hydrate. Oh well, hello. You got anything? You got anything to drink there? Drink it. I do indeed. I like that. Oh, quality H two O. Oh, served out of a uh, energy drink or a little Gatorade action. Energy, energy. Yeah. <laughs> out, yeah. Outfielder Johan Moncada. That uh, that guy. I don't know. You know, it's <sighs> there are certain people that you wonder how they have jobs, ah. and. Uh, I recognize that screen name, by the way, on the hydrate. That is, uh, that is a uh, local purveyor of goods in my uh, in my neighborhood here oh, that okay, I see nice. daily. Um, so, thanks, Amber. Appreciate you. Yeah, the you know just the how does this person have a job? And we've we've got a couple of them that always seem to have white sauce scoops. You know between. Uh, Bruce and Bob Nightingale. It's like I the the tweets that come from these two guys. I just don't understand how they are employed. You know, it's kind of kind of interesting. You know, the joke for years has been that uh, Bob Nightingale's got the uh, the old bat phone directly to uh, Jerry's office, but uh, I mean, some of the assumptions that this guy's made and some of the, you know, breaking news that has come out, you got to just wonder, like, how does he get the MLB insider tag, let alone keep his job? You know what I mean? Like, uh, insider of what, dude? Bad info? Because we get a lot more bad than we do good from. Yeah. Well, you know, when he gets, uh, he gets direct phone calls telling, telling him that, uh, they're hiring TLR. You know, it gives him some some sort of credibility. The the unfortunate bit is that uh, almost everything else is usually at least a little bit off. So yeah, you gotta wonder if uh, gotta wonder if uh, Jerry and Rick are using him as their uh, their puppet, so to speak, to uh, you know maybe manipulate the uh, market at times. Via uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah. ridiculous tweets and, and entirely claims. possible. You know, it's a, that whole <laughs> thing of you know, I'll stick my hand and I'll use you as a puppet. I mean, it's kind of kind of the same thing. You know, I'm just saying. Um, now, do you happen to catch uh, Lance Lynn on the uh, Foul Territory podcast? Did you happen to see that the one that uh, AJ's part of? I did not. I haven't even heard anything about this one. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, it's I feel like I'm so new-ish. far behind the times when you ask these questions because I'm always like, no, I haven't heard, I haven't heard this. I haven't. Caught yeah. This. So uh, Lance Lynn was uh, on there the other day, and they asked him if he was going to be uh, pitch. You know, ask him if he was done, and he said, "Yeah, um, I called the White Sox, and they said that uh, I'm done for the WBC." And they 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 went on to talk about. Uh, how Otani could possibly be closing for Japan. And he said, oh, well, if he's doing that, I'm, I might have to give Rick a call. And uh, today, uh, Pedro Grafal was like, uh, absolutely not. <laughs> so Yeah, you're done. 
Yeah. Um, so cl- clearly that didn't happen. I, I, and you know, I mean, to be honest, it's the score is only three to one in the top of the eighth. So it's not like, you know, it's the, the game's really out of reach. It's just that the USA's offense has just been pretty atrocious. I mean, we were just talking off stream before, before we popped on, on how, how bad Goldschmidt's last two at bats have been. And, um, yeah, it's like yeah. I mean, the guy can hit the ball a mile, but he's he stares at some good pitches sometimes. Makes you wonder yeah. what's going on. Yeah, well, I mean, at least in this game, and you know, it's like I'm not saying that these guys don't have good stuff, but you know, that one we were talking about in particular from two at bats ago that he struck out on that thing started a strike and ended even more a strike. <laughs> so, uh, not quite Caught sure what he was doing. Play. Yeah, awful, <laughs> awful at bat. Um, but Lance Lynn looked. Pretty locked uh, through this thing, you know. He did uh, had a little bit of trouble here and there, but I mean, for the most part, he looked really, really good. Um, I, I have to say, I'm pretty happy about pretty much uh, the White Sox representation in the WBC. Was it was good, you know? I, I can't complain about uh, any of the performance other than Robert and his striking out a little bit more than I would like, and uh, you know, some rough swings and whatever. Um, Schwarber just misses a home run by about 15 feet. That's unfortunate. Um, you know, that he seems to perform in, uh, in these high pressure situations. Playoffs were, uh, have been really good for the, uh, Schwarbino. Yep. So maybe this is his moment, you know, it's time to shine here a little bit. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, Randy Rosarena for, uh, Mexico, that guy in, in big, you know, big elimination games, that guy's. And there goes Schwarber trying to hit it to, you know, right Mars. field again and going foul. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Rosarena, too, he shows up in, in those big games as well. And he put on a show yesterday that uh, robbing of the home run that he did um, was pretty spectacular and a lot of fun to watch. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of fun to watch. Um, did you happen to catch any of the uh, Lucas Giolito pitching today? And Schwarber gets a hold of one. There it goes. There he goes. It's what he does. Upper deck. Look at that. It's what he does. Yeah, Three two. Tanked it. Um, against he, and then you know that's our uh, another storyline there late in the game. You know everybody wants to talk about uh, Shohei and Mike Trout, but uh, we've got you Darvish. And Kyle Schwarber, former teammates, going head to head here. Good stuff. And uh, I would say Schwarber won that battle so far. <laughs> yeah, as as he'll do, uh, especially in these situations, <laughs> as you mentioned. Um, so uh, today, uh, I know that you were at work. I was also at work, but I happened to have the the game on in the background. Um, quote unquote. Um, Right, right. <laughs> His strike zone that he was getting today, and I saw somebody say that he was struggling with his command today. And uh, was he getting squeezed? He it was ridiculous. So you know the the plate is seventeen inches wide. Uh, he had like a fifteen inch wide strike zone, but shifted towards the outside part of the plate for a right handed hitter, and uh, it was about a foot tall. So if it came in oh. anywhere like, uh, you know, from crotch to, uh, you know, middle of the 
you know, stomach where it's supposed to still be a strike, none of that was getting called. So if anything came in belt high right over the plate, not a strike. It was it's unbelievable. Yeah, it was it was pretty maddening to watch. It was uh, it was pretty aggravating. Um, But I will say that his change up today was filthy. And uh, I think they said he was hitting like uh, 94 or 95 uh, he hit. So, um, and, and for the most part, like his command was pretty stinking good. Um, he was getting the outside corner or the inside corner to the left-handed hitters. And if you uh, see one of the tweets, there's one where he got a uh, strikeout on a fastball right in on the hands, right on the edge of the plate. And it was... Um, like right underneath where his hands was, you know, where the hitter's hands were. So it was actually a, uh, you know, actually a high strike for this umpire because the the strike zone was atrocious. Um, Freddie Peralta from the Brewers was who was uh, pitching for the Brewers today. And um, <clears throat> he did not have as much trouble, but it's because most of his pitches were – um, pretty much right at the knees when he was getting strikes called for him. Uh, just, you know, he had a couple, like a couple of bad pitches, and that was it. Um, uh, Romy Gonzalez led off on the first pitch of the game and drilled one to right center, right next to the batter's eye, and um, he just smoked it. I mean, it was just a line drive straight to uh, the berm in right center field. And I'd say it probably went about a good like four twenty five ish. Um so yeah, it was he smacked that ball. Um and uh there are those folks out there that'll say he doesn't have enough power. Yeah. Yeah, I you know you, you know, you don't expect much power out of most second basemen in, in the league these days, so well, I mean, I'll if if you judge there. by what you saw last year, then you're going to say that he's a that he's a terrible hitter that has no chance of doing anything. Which I I see I see some of that on social media that he's, you know, <laughs> the you he's know terrible. Oh, it's, he's yeah. a bad ball player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's one guy in particular who is uh, his number one detractor. Who every single time anybody mentions his name, he's just like, yeah, he's garbage. I'm like, eh, not really. Um, he just hasn't been healthy for a year, so. Yeah, I don't. I I'm I'm not sure. I'm aware of who you're speaking of. I'm guessing is that uh, is that someone on the uh, the book of faces or is yeah. that someone? Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's a hater, and uh, you know, I mean, you know, to each their own. He can he can be a hater if he wants. I mean, I just I. You know, I I've seen what he can do in the minors, and um, like his his season in twenty twenty one was phenomenal. And then last year was you know the guy just couldn't catch a break, and you know you oh, he had all kinds of ailments. Yeah, you know? it was awful. So, so I mean, like I felt I genuinely felt bad for him. It's not anything that he did. It's certainly not anything that's effort based with this guy, you know, it was just that he just ran into a ton of bad luck last year. And, you know, I'm not saying again, I'm not saying that he's going to end up being an all-star, you know, I just think that he is at least a competent baseball player. You know, I mean, whether that means he's going to hit over 225 in the majors, 
that I mean, one does not equal the other necessarily, you know. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, so he drilled that pitch, and that was that was beautiful. Um, I think uh, Giolito had six strikeouts in four and a third. Uh, he got taken out in the fifth after uh, after he got uh, a deep fly out uh, in the, you know for the first out in the fifth, and then he got pulled because he had seventy seven pitches. So. Um, yeah, well, it's just, you know, with my thing with Giolito, and if you say, you know, he's obviously being squeezed a little bit with his, uh, that sounds like a lot of it, actually. But uh, you kind of would think that if he has that sort of command where he's just not getting the calls, uh, that pitch count probably goes down some so that you're not at 77 pitches, you know, it, it when having less than five innings pitched. And uh, you're probably getting a few more outs. You might get a few more bad swings. Uh, that K count might go up. But the big thing for me is uh, you're talking about his VLO being 94, 95. Uh, the progression over his last two starts is nice, ramping up for the season. So that tells me that, you know, by the time the season starts, he should be pretty close, if not right where he wants to be, you know, where you start seeing him hit 96, 97. I don't know if that I don't know if that kind of velo is coming, but uh, you know, I'll, well, I'll mean, take an average of ninety three, ninety four. You know, we we've seen him hit ninety six, ninety seven in the past, so we know the velo was down last year, which was strange after him putting on all that weight. But uh, you know, I think there's been a lot of uh, a lot of changes for him this off season. You know, going back to a little bit longer. Uh, delivery, which, you know, was something that he had done before. Although, you know, watching him now, I feel like this delivery is kind of somewhere in between his original delivery. That was a whole lot longer, wonky at times, you know, tough to repeat. And it's definitely much longer than, you know, that uh, shoveling from the, uh, from the shoulder. Yeah. The little scap load action, like an infielder, you know? Yeah. So, you know, we'll see how that works out for him. Uh, maybe he doesn't get, you know, if he averages 93-94, I'm okay with that as long as his uh, stuff is good. You know, we know that the uh, the changeup is usually pretty filthy, but if you that's all you got, a fastball and a changeup and nothing else. You know, we're uh we're going to have the same conversation we had last year where he's going to get beat up on a little bit. But uh, I have seen the slider look pretty good at times this spring and he's actually throwing the hook pretty well as well. So Yeah, I didn't notice you know, him throwing it as much today, unfortunately. Uh, no, his last card he threw it a few times, though. Yeah. So, you know, I'm hoping that, uh, I'm hoping that, you know, if he's got the, the rotations that he wants right, uh, we might see a different side of uh, Lucas Giolito this year. I'm hoping. I, I really, you know, as good as, as the fastball changeup, uh, combo is him being a two pitch pitcher is not ideal. You know, it would be nice to have something that has like some sort of a, uh, you know, something away from a, a right-handed hitter, you know, uh, whether it be, uh, down and out like, uh, you know, like a 12, six or, you know, cutting straight out like a, a slider, Something. Yeah, a nice slider with a little bit of drop and a, yeah. and a little bit of outside run 
Yeah, something from, because uh, a right-handed batter. Yeah, the fastball is uh, mostly it, it, the carry on it's really good, but the uh, the movement on it, you know, lateral movement on it, the horizontal movement's not really like uh, there's not really a whole lot of run there, and uh, and the changeup it, it drops, and if he pronates it, it comes low and into a you know to a uh, right-handed hitter, and it goes away from a left-handed hitter, but he doesn't have anything that goes away from the right-handed hitter, and that needs to be, you know, I I would think that that's got to be one of his main areas of focus. Of you know, when he's trying to improve, is come up with something else other than those two pitches. I mean, those two pitches are really good, but you can't throw those two pitches because if somebody guesses right on one of those two pitches, <laughs> if it's only fifty-fifty, then uh, that's not not good enough. Yeah, no, I mean, your chances of guessing right, probably going to put a lot of balls in play and going to give you a lot against, and it's not good. It's not what we want to see from uh, a guy who is, you know, at times in his career touted to be, you know, ace potential. And at one time was going to, was thought to be possibly the ace of this, uh, you know, this White Sox uh, rotation. So you know, again, hoping for the best from him, but you don't want to see the two-pitch Lucas Giolito. We saw enough of that last year, and it was frustrating. Yeah, it's aggravating. You know, I, the thing is, is how absurd is it that in 2019 and 21 or 20 uh, that he was more or less still a two-pitch pitcher for the most part, and he's getting Cy Young votes, you know? I mean, those pitches are really good. Uh, just the issue being that he needs to uh, have some sort of breaking ball, something that's that's useful right. and that he can command. That's That's been the, the issue with it is the, the whole command part of it, you know? So Well, and that's the thing. You know, you look back at 2018 where he was kind of, yeah, he was just terrible, honestly. And then, like you said, 2019, 2020, uh, he kind of figured it out and you know, that white Sox were running that ad for a long time there about him. Worst know. pitcher in baseball was Stephen B. Right. Smith. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and for him to turn it around the way he did, well, you know, this is, we're talking about early in a young pitcher's career and he comes out and he does what he does for a season and 60 games. And, uh, you know, obviously, as a starting pitcher, he's only getting, you know, 35 starts a year. Maybe if he's healthy for the entire season and then in a 60 game season, what'd he get? 12 starts. So, I mean, honestly, that was just the time that the, the league needed to uh, have their analytics teams. There's that word analytics. Yeah. His you command know, also wasn't have, as good last year. So right. that, that didn't help either, you know? No, no, you're right. But, you know, obviously these teams have seen a good 50 or so starts from Lucas Giolito and had something to go back and look at and say, this is what this guy does. He throws two pitches. Now we're going to game plan against that. Yeah. It's like you just so. guess, guess change up every time. You know, you'll be I late mean, on the could. fastballs, but he throws so many change ups that if you happen to catch a pitch coming in at, you know, 83 miles an hour, the odds that you're going to be able to just 
turn on it and you know devastate that pitch over the wall you know like that was the thing is that these guys would get uh you know if they're you know just uh guessing fastball or guessing changeup he gave up you know uh, his fair share of home runs you know probably because there's you don't have to game plan so much for a breaking pitch because they don't get thrown that often so you don't say. Yeah. Uh, did you happen to uh, <laughs> move moving along to uh, other people in the starting rotation? Did you happen to catch uh, Dylan Cease the other day? Yes, I did catch part of it. Uh, I didn't get to see all of it. You know, obviously the weekend is a uh, time for me to do home stuff. So yes. you know, I work. I work. You know, five days a week. Sometimes six days a week at the job, and then I come home and I get to do all of the work that you get the to do list. You get to. I get to do. Yes, I get to do the honey list. So the honey much fun. list when I get. But I did catch part of it, and uh, I gotta say that uh, after a little bit of a wonky start to his spring, uh, he looked much better in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, he's he's uh, he's improved uh, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> from the, fr- I mean, the first time was what eleven eleven runs in point two innings. He got yeah, one out minutes. per inning <laughs> and gave up 11 runs. Brutal. Oh, oh, did you get him? Did you get him? Uh, did you get him? Nope. They didn't give it to him, huh? It was, it was close. That was close. It was close. I got to say, though, I love Rio Muto's uh, chest protector. Oh, his chest protector? Yeah, well, I mean, I love yeah, Rio Muto is... in general, but, yeah, the chest well, protector is yeah. good. Yeah, it's pretty sweet there. Oh man, that was close. Oh, it's close. Oh, he did just get in. Yeah, it looks like quarter second. Um, yeah, uh, Ladder Enjoyer mentioned that uh, Trout is currently lined up to be the third batter of the night, so that will be uh, something to watch coming up here shortly. Um, yeah, so uh, the first start for Cease was a Travis Sham mockery, uh, pretty much. <laughs> What like, was that word? Yeah, exactly. It's a a, a travesty. Uh, what was it Travis Sham? A sham. A sham. A mockery. Yeah, travesty. A sham. A mockery. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's from some like uh, commercial back in like the the early two thousands. I think it was uh, Bob Odekirk actually. Bob uh, who is you know he's playing like a lawyer or something in a commercial, and he says that. Uh, but yeah, that first outing was awful uh the second one uh you could see that uh his velocity was up a little bit still didn't do great but he did okay and then this last time the first inning was was rough i think he had 27 pitches in the in the first inning and then after that it was after that it was done you know like those guys weren't touching him yeah it was pretty much lights out after that yeah uh and you know it's just good to see that progression and you know, my thought is is maybe those first two starts he just had uh some things that he was working on, maybe a a tweak here and there that uh Ethan Katz basically told him, like, I don't really care what the outcome of the game is today. This is what I want you to do, and this is what I want you to work on. Because we saw a different pitcher. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's necessarily that or if, you know, he was just uh you know, just like with you know, like Garrett Crochet. If he's not throwing 100 miles an hour and he's throwing 95, it's just not, you know, the the at-bats just aren't quite as uh, as difficult for the hitters. And so maybe maybe that had something to do with it. Man, that guy was oh, that hustling down the line. 
I mean, it's Nolan Arenado playing third base, and he read it. It, it wasn't a soft ground ball. He had to wing that thing over yeah, there, man. Yeah, that guy's quick. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it could be something having to do with that. I mean, his velocity was hitting like 93 and 94 in his first start. And, you know, his command obviously wasn't the, the greatest. You know, he was leaving a lot of his, uh, his fastballs up in the zone. And when they're coming in at like 93 or 94, as opposed to 97, 98, 99, uh, you know, it's going to get hit. And, uh, well, and that could just be a, uh, you know, it could just be a result of, of shaking the rust off a little bit as well, too. You know, I would think that, you know, especially since pitchers and catchers report a little bit earlier than position players, or at least, you know, the designated date that position players report, obviously a lot of these guys check in early. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you would think that and Dylan probably shouldn't be too rusty at that point. But there's something to be said about, you know, game, you know, real game speed and pitching to a live batter uh, that's not on a backfield in practice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, when you're ramping up and you're throwing 80 percent, you know, just to get your body into, uh, you know, used to throwing again. Um, it doesn't surprise me that the first time he goes out there, he's not completely loose and he's not. uh you know, hitting his velocity and whatever that's, and that's fine. You know, the ramp up period is what the ramp up period is. And, you know, it was, you know, for me that, that game was more of a punchline than it was anything, you know, it's just like, the, I mean, it really kind of was a guy second or third in Cy Young votes last season. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> come out and get shelled. Like he oh. did that first start was, it was kind of a punchline. It was funny for, you know, it was funny, uh, after like five or six runs scored, I just kind of started chuckling. Clearly, he did not have it, and uh, they just wanted him to get some work in, and he got his work in. And you know, after a, a start in the middle, now he's back to looking like normal cease, at least ish. That first inning, I, I mean, you could even say that that's a normal cease, you know, outing because. He generally has a rough outing. Either it's like the first inning or it's the fifth inning, you know, like one or the other, and he has to get over that hump. And hopefully we get to a point where those rough innings are far and few between. And, uh, you know, I mean, usually he manages to get out of it with only giving up a run or two anyway. So, I mean, I'm not And that's the thing. You know, every pitcher is going to have their games where they have a rough inning. We just don't want to see it, you know, almost every game where you've got that one clunker. Yeah. Uh, but you know, he's, he's managed to keep runs off the board for the most part up to this point. But when you allow base runners, you know, you're always taking that chance. You're giving the team that opportunity to, to get a couple across. So I'm with you. I hope that, uh, I hope that he cleans that up. And like you said, uh, that maybe we'll put that far in the rearview mirror. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, speaking of, you know, like I just, I briefly mentioned him earlier. Um, speaking of, uh, Jose Ruiz, um, it was mentioned in passing that he hit 99 miles an hour in the WBC. I saw that. I did see that. I saw a tweet about that actually. Plus a, plus a curveball. As well, that he's that, that was he's, a shocker as well too, and it and it looks good. And you know, you know me, I've been wanting to launch him into the sun for three years now, 
Uh, <laughs> I'd say, yeah, it's, I think it's three. It might be even four. Two. Feels yeah, like, how I, about, it feels like ten. That he's that he's like been that. on the team. I, I feel like he's Larry Garcia of the of the pitching. <laughs> that he's just like the longest tenured player of all time. At least that's what it feels like. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I do have a question for you once oh, you uh, get through what you've got going through here. But please continue. Yeah, I was just looking to see. Um, I think I wanted to see if uh, I wanted to see Dylan Cease's data from uh spring training here so far and um i just wanted to see like what what his numbers were looking like uh first you know stat cast stuff but unfortunately um the only two places that have that's not even from that's from last year come on guys yeah there's i mean like i just got no i got no data on on Dylan Cease from this year because they haven't updated any of it. And I know Camelback doesn't release any of that stat cast stuff, which, you know, you know, if you're you're lucky like every once in a while you're you'll hear a tidbit on a uh, on a broadcast, but for the most part, like dude, they just don't put any of that information out, which is really annoying considering that I know that they have it. Um I mean, what, I mean, whether they're trying to hide it from other people or whatever that they're trying to do, I, I don't even know if they can do that. That's actually something that Shohei I'm, is throwing some gas up there. By the way, surprise, triple digits, weird. Yeah, no kidding, huh? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, this is something that I should actually I should reach out to somebody and find out. You know, if if they don't, you know, they don't release this information publicly. But there has to, I mean, is there a database where all the teams kind of just share all of this data and everybody can go and take a look? Like, I don't even know what the what the protocol is for that. Could you hide some of this information so nobody actually knows what's going on until they see it live? That's a fantastic question. Uh, I'm curious about that. I don't know. It's obviously something I don't have an answer to, but I think uh, I'm in agreement with you that uh, that deserves a little bit of looking into. Yeah, I just I'm, I'm curious. You know, I mean, uh, you don't have it in your spring training facility because you don't want uh, other people to actually have the information on what's you know the pitching tendencies are and whatever. And I'm sure that Damn. you know the teams that are there playing against them probably have their own you know their own charting of some sort and some some way shape or fashion um you talking maybe there's just a little bit of gamesmanship going on here oh wow uh you know a little little gamesmanship going on where maybe you're trying to uh keep the uh the scouting report honest let your uh, let your opponents scout you know uh i don't want to say using the eye test but you know not having any information that you can go back and that you didn't work for yourself yeah i mean it's possible i I just don't i I don't know like what the protocol is for that kind of thing is it uh i mean i assume like that if you didn't allow you know that uh allow that data to get out that it would be frowned upon if there's like obviously if there's some sort of a you know like a like a 
bag that you're supposed to dump all your data into, you know, for everybody to, <laughs> to be able to look at it. Um, right, right. But, uh, I mean, you know, that would also possibly take some uh, take some of the advantages out of the team's hands and maybe they don't do that also. You know, I don't know. I'm just curious on what the protocol with that this. stuff is. So I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. I, oh. and I'm and I'm 100 with you, but uh, Josh McNeil leading off in the ninth, the uh, top of the ninth here, USA down by one, draws the uh, the old dreaded leadoff walk against Shohei, immediately gets yanked for one of the fastest players in the last 20 years in baseball, in Bobby Wood Jr. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's a quick man. Uh, I, I'd actually like to see Corbin Carroll and uh, Bobby Witts have a have a race and see which yeah, one of those two guys sprint. is faster. Yeah. yeah, those guys are both ridiculously fast. Yeah, uh, agreed. And then uh, brings up Mookie Boots, and Mookie oh, Boots and grounds, into, grounds a four, into a four-six-three. Unbelievable! Nice job, Mookie Boots. Oh. Go back to bowling, you bum. So, uh, yeah, so the USA is down to their last out, down 3-2 in the top of the ninth. And And here we go. Here he is. Two outs. I mean, this is like storybook. It really is. Scripted stuff. Two (laughs) outs. Down one, and Mike Trout comes in to face Shoei Otani. Are you kidding me? You couldn't. I mean, you honestly couldn't have made this up at the beginning of this yeah, tournament. That's pretty hilarious. It really is. Wow. Joey's not going to give him anything to hit either. Bunch of, like, Screw this that's a that's a. I'll walk this guy. Yeah. <laughs> to get the Goldschmidt. So much drama, you know. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, Goldschmidt. He'll just watch. The, he'll just watch the ball go by. Apparently. Right. Or he'll just uh, ground out weakly. Ooh, or he'll throw man. 100 mile an hour gas right past him in the zone too. Yeah, this Ooh. is this is what we were all looking forward to seeing. And you know, like I mean, I I have no problem with, uh, and this is just a a, a very well played game. Uh, benches are both on the top step. Yeah. All right, hundred miles two. per hour again. He's just coming out throwing BBs. Yeah, he really is insane. Yeah, and I mean, hundred miles an hour with a little bit of run, uh, like that's man. unbelievable. And the fact that he's kind of like Darvish, you know, where he's got like all sorts of all sorts of pitches that nobody knows he has, just bizarre. Yeah, yeah. man. Middle, 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 throws middle. It right by him. Holy cow. Are you kidding me? I mean, if Trout got a piece of that, it was going to go a long way. Yeah. But he was way late. <laughs> and he gave him that look, though. Like, go ahead and throw that junk up here again. Yeah. Man. Well, I if he does, it's <laughs> I think it's still getting by him, but we'll see. It might. It might. Brutal. Either that or he's going to drop like the 80 mile an hour hook on him right yeah, here. Yeah, well, probably. It's probably going to be a slider or something. Oh, to the to the wall. One oh two in the dirt. Full count. Two outs. Top of the ninth. Down by a run. Showways reaching back. Yeah, he is. Holy cow! I mean, this is literally what this is like. 
best case scenario for what MLB wanted out of the WBC in the championship game. Are you kidding me? You couldn't ask for anything more. No, you really couldn't. I mean, this is what kids are going to be doing when they're doing that whole. And there it is. Got him with a. There's an 87 mile an hour slider. Like I said. There it is. Japan wins the WBC. That First is time crazy. to reach the semifinals and then go on to the finals. And uh, they go through the entire WBC undefeated. Yeah. So good for them. Yeah, that was I, yeah, this really is, well played game. Absolutely. This is uh, this is going to be that thing that, uh, you know, we did it when we were kids. When you're out in the yard by yourself or you're there with one of your buddies, it's just you and your buddy doing a little. uh Lob league, like we used to call it back in the day, and uh, you you know you step you step into the batter's box and you do the whole announcer thing for yourself when you're like nine, ten years old. You know, Ian Eskridge steps up to the plate, and two outs whiffs. in the bottom of the ninth, down <laughs> by one, and it's a long fly ball. You know, this is what Not this so is much. what the kids are going to be doing. Except, uh, you know, now it's going to be the kids playing Shohei Otani and striking out. Uh, you know, Mike Trout, but yeah, you couldn't ask for more, man. Yeah. You really couldn't ask for more out of the WBC finale. Well, it was a lot of fun. Um, sure. Was. Glad that we got to uh, share that moment, Danny. That was good times. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, you know, obviously I'm rooting for team USA, but when you get a game like that, you can't be mad. I hadn't, I hadn't figured, you know, judging by the, uh, the get up, I hadn't figured who you were rooting for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My uni is, uh, it's it's loud one man. Hey, but, uh, that was done on purpose. You know, now you got to put it away till the fourth of July. Maybe Memorial Day. I might bust it out for Memorial Day. We'll see. Um, you know, it, I had to be loud to match my big personality. There you go. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Joe Kelly, he's been throwing really, really well in spring training so far. Uh, he also today hit ninety nine miles an hour. Yeah, versus the Brew Crew. Um, and it was it was a nasty pitch to it. Just uh, it just kept rising and kept on cutting in on a right-handed hitter, and uh, just no absolutely no shot of hitting a pitch like that. It was it was nasty. <laughs> and uh, the thing is, is his command has been really really good with his breaking stuff too. And so if we get that version of Joe Kelly, which is what he was starting to trend towards. Later on in the year, last year, after yeah, uh, last month and a half or so, yeah. Uh, if that's the guy that we get this year, um, we're looking at some, hopefully, some really, really good relief work. If we get what I, you know, I'm envisioning from these guys, um, there's not a whole lot of bad pitchers in the bullpen. Um, one of the guys who's been uh, one of the questionable ones over the last couple of years, uh, Matt Foster, uh, he's out with a strained forearm right now, uh, as reported by uh, James Fegan of The uh, Athletic. You know, what, you know what they say about strained forearms, what they turn into? Yeah, sometimes. I don't want to put that, that, that dirt on them. Sometimes. I don't, I don't wanna, but, I mean, I sometimes it's just... I on that, but... Sometimes it's just a strained forearm, and I don't think that Carlos Rodon needs Tommy John surgery again. And he's got a strained no, forearm. No, this is true. No, you know? you're right. So, I mean, I'm not going to say that that's, uh, you know, it, but it is 
it is often a precursor um, to either a something that you're compensating for, whether it be your elbow or you, whether it be your shoulder overcompensating for one of one or the other being weak uh, ends up straining that forearm first and then later on then one of the other two goes but you know i know we'll we'll see what happens there um but uh yeah um uh, and i did want to point out too by the way that uh ladder enjoyer in our chat predicted that uh he Old certainly did. would get this uh the K against Mike Trout before it happened. Yes, he did. Uh, Otani getting the K on Trout is too perfect. It, you know, here we are. It was, <laughs> you know, and it's like the thing is uh, like I one of the things I've thought about uh, you know as far as that goes is that uh you know, Trout's not nec- you know, I wouldn't say that he's long in the tooth per se, but he's been injured a lot in the last couple of years, you know, between back and, you know, knees and whatever. Um, you know, Shohei's young and he throws, you know, any pitches and throws a hundred miles an hour. And he also hits 500 foot home runs and has a yeah. beautiful left-handed swing. So, I actually just had a conversation similar to this with my wife, before, you know, as this game was playing in the background and they were showing, Shohei on the bench and uh you know she recognized his name mm. and I said well yeah he's pretty good I said you know D draws comparisons to Babe Ruth because Babe Ruth did what he's doing now he's the first really good two-way player both ways in a hundred years <laughs> you know what I mean I mean this is only it's the only guy in in a hundred years that we've seen come out and get Cy Young award votes and hit, you know, 40 bombs a season. Pretty impressive stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, he's just a phenomenal baseball player. Um, so there we go. Yeah. For the, uh, for the prediction ladder enjoyer gets a free sub. So, uh, if you've got, uh, yeah, in, one in, sub in chat three. you can use the uh the lovely uh emotes and you can also if you've got an iPhone you can use them in your uh your uh text conversations which is fun. Um so yeah. Um yeah, I just I I have to say I'm pretty stoked about uh you know, what I've what I've seen so far from you are absolutely welcome, Ladder Enjoyer. Thanks for coming and hanging out. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, much appreciated, man. Yep. Uh, just pretty much, you know, mostly almost everything I've seen from somebody that I expect to see uh, Major League time this year, uh, except for Jake Diekman, he's been pretty, he's been pretty spotty, either looking Holy. good or some terrible, terrible pitches. Um, like today, the uh, one of his pitches went past Grandal uh, in, through the left-handed batter's box and went all the way to the wall. And uh, the uh, Brewers announcer made a uh, a joke about uh, the ball hitting the bull, you know, like uh, Bull Durham. It was like almost yeah. that bad of a pitch. And uh, he's he's had some like really nasty command 
uh, on on some of his pitches and he's gotten hit around a little bit. But the thing is, he hasn't given up a whole lot of runs. It's just one of those things that you know, like when when we see him against uh, a an entire squad of MLB hitters. I wonder if he's going to be able to get away with some of the things he's been getting away with because he's been coming in later in games, you know, like the sixth, seventh inning. And that's generally when most of the starters are already out of the game and he's right. getting away with stuff. I, I'm curious to see what happens. Are we going to get that uh, 1.5 whip pitcher again or are we going to be getting something, you know, better than that? So this actually brings me to that question that I was going to ask you when you brought up Jose Ruiz, because you are not the only one that has been calling for Jose Ruiz's head for some time. Uh, And I was on that train probably the last couple of years myself, but what we're seeing out of Jose Ruiz early this, you know, in spring so far, and who knows if that's going to translate later on because, you know, all things aside, in the WBC, some of these matchups are no better than Double A and, and Triple A matchups with some of these some of these countries. And I'm not saying that that's what who's a, who Jose Ruiz faced, mm. but you know, let's be honest, not everybody on these teams is an MLB caliber player, right? Right. But that brings me to Jake Diekman. Now, if we look at the White Sox bullpen and the, the current list of guys that are, you know kind of slated to be in that pen. There's a chance that there's one odd man out in there, right? At least one that we're kind of looking at. Is your odd man out Jose Ruiz or is it Jake Diekman? Because, you know, we're talking about, like you said, with Jake Diekman, where he's probably doing most of his pitching against guys who might not make the MLB roster or guys that are bench players. And, uh, you know, he's been cheeks to steal a word from you, Jake Cheekman for a while. Yeah. He was pretty bad last year. He put a lot of guys on. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. And, you know, if there is an odd man out, who is your odd man out? You know, I have to say that if I was going to cut one of those two guys, it would be, uh, it would be Diekman. And the unfortunate thing is that he's left-handed. That's exactly why I was getting on. Yeah, that's you know it's unfortunate. Don't have a whole lot of lefty relievers. Yeah, you don't have a whole lot of lefties in this organization. Period. Honestly, that are you know MLB caliber. Yeah, Uh, you got Crochet, but he's probably not going to be back until like probably early June. Right. I know. I know that he says that he's almost ready now. But he's got. Regardless of what happens, he's going to uh, go to extended spring, spring training, and then he's going to go on a rehab assignment, and then he'll be back. Yeah, you we'll know see and, what he does with Charlotte, and uh, yeah, you know, go from there. Yeah, and then he's going to be on an innings limit anyway, and we don't know what his velocity is going to look like. We don't know which Garrett Crochet we're going to get. Right. So, you know, it's like I don't know that we can count on him for much of anything <laughs> you know because i don't know what he's he gonna be. come back in june yeah right? yeah and and the thing is is that yeah what if he what if he aggravates a, a lad or an oblique or something you know and it's like he doesn't come back you know then then what then we've got uh we still got bummer and cheekman you know and so 
like my thinking is is that there needs to be some sort of a they got to figure out something for for left-handed pitching um really do and i know it's 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 obviously it's middle of spring training so if they haven't figured it out yet um we're already behind the eight ball as it is so um you know like i know that you got uh you got andrew perez you know who's you know got an a fantastic slider um but you know i don't know if he's i don't know if he's ready yet but you know like i don't think deekman's like that greatest shakes either so you know do you do you start you know going through your your lefty guys that you have around to see if you can bring these guys up and uh they can hang you know yeah, well, I mean, at this point, you know, I get what you're saying. You might say, well, let's give Andrew Perez a shot and see what he's got. But at the same time, we don't want to rush his uh, – you just don't want to rush him at all, basically. You, you, we've done this. We've seen the White Sox do this a couple of times and, and you know, kind of maybe stifle some progress by putting guys in situations they shouldn't be in. But the thing with Perez is – and correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm only going – the little tidbits that I've seen of him. There are times when he loses his command, but other than that, he seems like he's got some pretty filthy stuff. He really does. And I like the thing is I've talked to him and I know for a fact that if I asked him, Hey, are you ready to, uh, to pitch for the Sox? He'd be like, yes, I am. And right. he, he's got that kind of confidence, which is awesome. Um, but, you know, like sometimes, yeah, he does lose a little bit of feel for, you know, for a slider and uh, and his command, you know, like he'll he'll have some times where he'll give up. A, he'll give up a bomb, you know, I but. And that's my point is really is because, you know, if the guy has got that kind of filth that he's throwing up there. I just feel like maybe that's just the last little step in his development before he becomes, you know, the stud pitcher that he and everybody else wants him to be. The potential's there uh, for sure. It, it no, it definitely is. Yeah. It absolutely is. I just, I just don't want to rush his development. I, you, know, you know, I mean, at this point though, I mean, I think this is his last. Uh, uh, trying to think his last minor league year this might, might be our season. last year of control with him at this point i'd have to i'd have to look it's either this year or next year that he's a that he's a free agent so okay i'd have to look at that so i mean it's it's pretty much is that if you don't you know if you don't think that this year if, if this isn't the time then and maybe you, he doesn't get his shot with the white Sox. yeah that's the that's the only thing i'm thinking and i i think that uh the stuff is there, and I think that probably working with uh, with cats up at the uh, couldn't hurt. Yeah, up in the up in the majors <laughs> would probably be a not a bad thing for him. Um, but I don't know. Wait, we'll see. The WBC trophy is a frisbee. Is it? I, I turned it off. Let me sure. It looks like thing. a frisbee. <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, it's, it looks like a frisbee. What the heck? It's different. I mean, it's cool. Don't get me wrong. It's, I uh, like that it's different. I think that but, he that uh, Shohei should put it on his hand like uh, this and then put a, a beer on top of it. I think that's the MVP oh, that's award. the MVP award. I, I don't know. It's still we're now we're seeing the full on trophy there, and that thing's pretty sweet. Yeah, no, the full on trophy is cool, but that thing looks like a go kart wheel. 
<laughs> or a, a, a boxcar like, wheel, you know? Yeah, it looks like something, that, you know, on the, the back end of your lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> Stole it off boxcar Willie's uh, wooden <laughs> wooden stock car. Um, yeah, right? But, Soapbox racing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, just I, The thing is, is that uh, there's not a whole lot of spots open in the Sox bullpen because despite the fact that the White Sox do develop decent bullpen pitching that they've gone out and spent a ton of money on bullpen pitching. Yeah. So there's not a whole lot of spots there. And like, and when one of them's being taken up by uh, Jake Cheekman, like, you know, and it's one of, I mean, you're not going to have that many left-handers just because a, there's not a lot of left-handed depth in anybody's system. Cause left-handers are hard to come by and at least any well, ones that are any good. And, uh, you know, I it, bullpen no, left-handed I mean, arms are point. just you know like most of the time like the, you know they used to be loogies you know and if and if the thing was is that if that position was still available, Andrew Perez probably would have been here already because right. it would be a one and done thing. You know, he'd go in and face a left-hander and you know whatever. But yeah, uh, but that three batter rule kind of changed that whole scenario. Sure did, sure did. Um, yeah, the left-handed specialist. You know, I I get why they're doing that. You know, and we're seeing you know some of the changes this season with uh, pitch clocks and and whatnot, speeding up the games. I think on average by about twenty five, twenty six minutes. But yeah, the left-handed specialist. Th- th- I didn't really mind that so much. You bring a guy in, you watch a a, a matchup, but you know, and it's a a one batter, one pitcher duel, and then you you move on. So I don't know, but I digress. I guess I, you know I I will advocate for change. I am not against change. Uh, you know, they've been playing this game for hundred plus years, hundred and twenty. Oh, and see, years, see here's here's me being a goofball because you know, like I thought about it after I said it, and I seem to remember that Andrew Perez is. Well, I mean, I guess that okay, that was that year. Let me just double check here, make sure I'm not being a cotton-headed ninny muggins. Yeah, he is better against lefties, slightly uh, better against lefties than he is against righties. So. Okay. So I was right, you know, like, you know, if that was the case. But, I mean, he's, like, the numbers are pretty close. It's not like he gets one out, like, way easier than the other. Um, So I don't know. I'm just saying, like, yeah, I don't know. left-handed pitching starts to come by, you know. I, I really don't. And it's unfortunate because Diekman got himself a, a little bit of a contract when he came here. Oh, it's only $3.5 million for this year. I, I'm only at, three. I mean, that's a decent amount of money for a bullpen pitcher. It is. It is. Well, at least and it was. You're going to let Leary Garcia, which he hasn't played in a while. I, I don't know how long it's been, but he hasn't he played hasn't, in like a week. Is it that long? Yeah. yeah I, I just, I've just been watching the lineups, and uh, I've noticed that he hasn't been in it. Uh, yeah, here for a while. But let me look at. Let me look up the. Uh, I forget. I, I try and forget he's there when he is there. So, um, you know, well, I guess my, my point is, is if the rumors are going to hold true about Pedro Grafal, uh, you know, holding folks accountable, 
and that money really isn't the uh, deciding factor in that, like, fine. Chances are Leori's not going to make this roster, and he's going to be kind of, he might be the, uh, you know, the shuttle guy back and forth as injuries happen or, you know, when the need arises for whatever reason. But uh, that's, we're talking five and a half million this season. It's going to be sitting down in Charlotte if that's the case, or maybe even lower because you don't want to stifle some of the growth for the guys in Charlotte. Uh, And now you're talking about throwing another three and a half of Deakman down the pipes. I hope it stands true that, you know, you've got to earn your spot on this team, but why that could turn some heads. I know that might put Rick Hahn in the hot seat for spending money in ways that may not necessarily have been the way they should have been spent. Yeah. And I, we know the whole TLR Leary connection, and I don't think Rick wanted to spend that money, but I would you know. venture that that's also the case, but I've, you know, of course had people saying, how do you know? How do you know? And the thing is, yeah, okay, I don't 100% know. But, I mean, I've seen Larry play baseball. From some, there were some reports from some pretty reputable folks that that was the case. I'll say that. And TLR was the one that talked Rick into making that deal happen, and Uncle Jerry kind of pushed the buttons on that whole thing. Yeah, I mean, that would uh, to me, that makes the most logical sense. That, yeah, that we don't really know 100 percent is true but there's i mean these rumors aren't coming from nobody's you know what i mean yeah so i'll just leave that well i will say this as far as bromances go leori garcia is to tlr what hanser alberto is to pedro gaffal is that pedro loves he's like hanser alberto is like pedro gaffal's super joe you know, he's got his pair of shoes in his office, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. Um, uh, you know, but at least Pedro has a little bit of, uh, you know, I don't want to say like intimate knowledge of him. But, I mean, they, they, you know, they were part of the same organization for a while. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, for they sure. They know each other. Um, but the thing is, is that Hanser Alberto also does have a couple of things that he does really, really well. <laughs> You know, as opposed to Larry, where I can't say that. I can say he does a bunch of things, but I wouldn't say that he does a bunch of things well, you know? So, uh, Holic says that was about the best half inning I ever saw. I literally saw the Reaper knocking on the door with a walk and Mookie coming up to bat. Yeah, that was, I, I was, I was wondering what was going to happen, but then, uh, Mookie boots. Uh, managed to uh, roll over, roll over a pitch, and then uh, the old double play. Oh, he's he's done that a couple of times during this WBC where he's he driving has. one into the dirt right in front of the plate. Matter of fact, he got on base with a high chopper earlier in the game. Uh, uh, his ground ball rate has been uh, last couple of seasons. Ever since he spent a lot of time on the uh, the injured list, it seems like his ground ball rate's kind of gone up a little bit. Yeah, uh, one th- I could be mistaken. I'm doing that without looking at the numbers, by the way, but it just feels that way to me. Yeah. So I had heard somebody suggest that uh, Hanser Alberto has one of those uh, out clauses uh, like uh, Johnny Cueto had. 
but I don't see any evidence of it in uh, on spot track and uh, I when I saw him sign I didn't see anything uh, and other than he got signed for a uh, a minor league deal I could be wrong if somebody else in the chat happens to know uh, feel free to uh, drop that knowledge in there but um, it's entirely possible yeah, that he has one he, of those. Uh... Yeah, if he doesn't make the roster, he can uh, see free agency again. Yeah, that was uh, Johnny. Yeah, yeah, Johnny Cueto's was May 15th. And, uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Hanser Alberto had one of those as well. And it would be unfortunate because from what I've seen from him, he's a lot more fundamentally sound than Larry Garcia. A lot more fundamentally sound. Like I don't have to. I feel like I don't have to worry if he's on base. I don't have to fear him doing something stupid. You know, and right. I like he's hit a couple of home runs here in spring training, and I one hundred percent don't expect that to be a normal thing. Like maybe you know a couple times a year, fine. But the thing is, is that I feel like his baseball IQ is significantly better than Larry Garcia. Like when I watch Larry Garcia, I'm waiting for the next stupid thing that he's going to do. Waiting for the shoe to drop. Yep. I'm with you. hundred percent, man. Oh yeah. Waiting for that, that. Oh shit moment. You know, pardon my French here, but it happens far too often. Again, I hate to bring it up. I hate to beat a dead horse. Nah, okay. But how many times, how many times awesome. last year did we watch Leary come up in a one or two run game with guys on base and, you know, be the last out or with one so out on many the board times. and hit himself into a double play? So many times. And you just knew. I mean, you didn't even have to watch. You could turn the game off at that point because you knew it was going to happen. If there was a man on first, he was going to hit a new double play. Yep. If there was two men on, he was going to strike out or, you know, hit a dribbler to, you know, knock him out of the game. Or he was just going to stand there and stare at strike three down the middle. It was the outcome was going to be that he is not going to be the late inning hero. It was just that that simple. Yeah, it happened once in the in the playoffs, and that was probably the worst thing that could have happened. Uh, yeah, our, we all talked about that too. Like, oh, here we go. They just solidified his starting role for next season. Yep. <laughs> until, uh, until we knew <laughs> our resident uh, Royals fan Juki says uh, a Royal got to shine as a pinch runner. So mad at, so not mad at that. Even though he got thrown out, yeah. Well, I mean, we were talking. I don't know if you were in here at that at that point, uh, Juki, but that boy's fast. So he is. It did. It did. He is. It was not his move. fault. Smart move for sure. It was not his fault. I mean, Mookie hit that pretty much tailor made. Yeah. So um, I'm gonna wrap it up here for the uh, for the evening here in a second, but. Uh, I, well, uh, before we do, I wanted to just touch on something really quickly, and I wanted to get your opinion. But have you heard uh, there was an ath- athletic article that came out, I believe, yesterday that uh, there may be some possible changes to the rule changes that have been put in place this season, and there were no specifics. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I didn't see any specifics, so that's what I was going to say. It's an incomplete answer. Yeah, I just, you know, wonder if you had any thoughts on that real quick before we go. Uh, my thoughts um, on that would be uh, adding a couple more seconds to the whole thing uh, for the pitch clock. Uh, simply because, 
Um, I don't know if you saw yesterday uh, Wilson Contreras. Did you happen to catch his uh, his at bat where he got rung up on uh, a pitch clock violation? I did not. So I think uh, if I remember correctly, I think he hit a foul ball. He stepped out of the box. He adjusted his batting gloves. Didn't take much time at all. He stepped in and he got ready. Got third call strike. And like to me, as much of a, a jackass as I think that guy is, I still when I watched that, I was like, just a little bit. It's it's too quick. It's you know like I understand well, that they. Well, I mean, if it's fifteen seconds, if you've got nobody on, right? That pitch clock. <sighs> 15 seconds of nobody on base and you've got to be addressing the pitcher as a batter. You have to be in the box and quote unquote, uh, ready to address the pitcher with eight seconds. That gives you seven seconds. That, I mean, that's a, it's a blink, man. It really is. Yeah. And you know, like that's, that's, that's my thing. I just, it's just, it's just a little bit too quick, you know, like, uh, I don't know. Eight seconds is fine for them to be looking at the pitcher, but then make the pitch clock like twenty-three seconds. I'll go with the Jordan number. Even even if you add five seconds, make it twenty seconds. So then instead of seven seconds, you've got a full, you know, it gives you what twelve seconds. Yeah, to uh, get yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it's more than yep. enough time. Yeah, yeah, it's just you, know, you add five seconds of that. So we're not talking about adding all kinds of time. actually. You know, going back to the times where guys were walking around outside the batter's box and adjusting both gloves two or three times and putting a bat between their legs and you know the whole nine yards. I'm not. I'm not talking about that. But let's let's you know we don't have to get crazy with this. You gotta you know take a hack and you know foul one off your toe. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's yeah. Exactly. Uh, so Ladder Enjoyer mentions something that I completely. Didn't even think about uh, six years of service time for Hanser Alberto, so he has standard opt out dates if he's not rostered. So I forget uh, what that date is. It might be May fifteenth. I don't remember. It might even be earlier than that. It's probably probably a bunch earlier than that. Now that I think about it. Um. So uh, I I also had something else that I wanted to mention before uh, I took off. Uh, one thing that uh, Lance Lynn did talk about in his interview on. Uh, the foul territory pod. First one is five days before opening day. Oh, so it, yeah, so it is soon. So if he's not rostered, it's pretty soon. Um, he was asked about uh, if he wanted to provide a update on Liam Hendricks, and uh, he said that Liam Hendricks looks strong, and that uh, he's going in and throwing bullpens, and he looks good. And he said. Basically, as soon as he's cleared to do it, that he wants to start pitching immediately. Uh, wow. Yeah, so apparently he's got some uh, some tests that they are getting some information back uh, either like uh, last day of March or like very early April that are going that's going to give them some sort of a, uh, you know, like a timeline for when he'll be ready to go. Um, if he's, if he's ready to go right now, um, God, I figured his treatment would have gone longer than that. Yeah. Apparently he's got like one more left and then he's got this test, I guess, or something like that. So, wow, man. Yeah. That's, that's great news. Fantastic news. Yeah. I mean, assuming that it, that the reports on the 
tests come back good, right. yeah. Um, but uh, he was at uh, Camelback Ranch, I think, or wherever the heck they were today. Uh, somewhere in Phoenix. It wasn't uh, Camelback. They were playing wherever the Brewers, wherever the Brewers training camp is, whatever their spring training is. I forget which uh, park it is. But uh, he was there today throwing long toss. So he's still staying active and everything's good. So that is, uh, that's good stuff. So, yeah, that's absolutely fantastic news. I mean, you know, like you said, it, it all hinges on whether or not this, this test and the report comes back, you know, with, uh, as best an outcome as we can hope for. Uh, but just the fact that I didn't really, uh, I guess I don't know enough about, you know, the treatments. I'm not a doctor. Uh, yeah. I expected things to go a little bit further before we even got to a point of where we were talking about it. Possibility of them pitching before the, you know, before the season starts anyway, I didn't yeah. expect this kind of news in spring training still. Well, so I mean, that in itself is, uh, it's just in light in lifting, uplifting to hear that. Yeah. Well, Lance did say he thinks that if, uh, if everything goes smoothly, that it would probably be like June 1st or something like that. He thinks that it would be. But uh, you know, of course, Liam's ready to ready to rock and roll. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it's positive either way. Yeah, I wanted to end on a positive note. Uh, certainly not uh, complaining about people that shouldn't be on the roster. Right. Uh, at Daily White Sox on Twitter, you can find us uh, on Facebook um, and on YouTube if you search White Sox Daily. Um, and, uh, white Sox daily.substack.com for, uh, some written information and, uh, for these podcasts as well. Uh, this stream will be up on YouTube, uh, shortly. So if you would like to go back and reference something and call us an idiot later, you can go back and look at our episodes and, uh, time, time stamp time. it. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, Thanks for coming and hanging out on this uh, wonderful uh, WBC championship night. And uh, thanks for coming in and hanging out in the chat. And uh, my name is Ian Eskridge for my co-host, the Danny Miller. You guys have a great night, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks. Bye-bye.